Iglesias shakes once the pitch. Fastball right down Broadway, and he struck him out. Fifth consecutive series that the Reds win, and they take this final bowl game from the Twins 5-3. What a comeback season for these Redlegs as they head to the postseason with quite a bit of momentum. And on this day, it took just about everybody on the roster. That is right. The Cincinnati Reds somehow, some way, are going to the postseason. I told you on this podcast weeks ago that I was not ready to give up on the Reds just quite yet. And what did they do? They went out there and they proved me right. They said, you know what, Adi? You're right. Don't give up on us. We don't want to be given up on. We want to be a playoff team. We want to go and, and do what no one expects us to do. We want to rattle off five consecutive series wins. We want to be incredible. We want to be the team nobody wants to face going into the postseason. We want to get all of our runs on home runs and just occasionally get some hits. That's fine. The Reds are going to the playoffs. I don't know how, but they have gotten hotter than hot over the, over the course of the last few weeks of the season, really the last three weeks, where they just kept winning games and finding a way. The bullpen was solid. Michael Lorenzen was a solid starter for a period of time. They had some big hits and big moments, specifically some big home runs, and the Reds seemed to do everything they needed to do correctly to make the postseason, and they snuck in. They got some help. The Giants lost a few times. They beat the Brewers. The Brewers beat the Cardinals, so on and so forth, this big domino effect of things. But the Reds are in the playoffs, and I'm excited about it, and that's what we're going to talk about. By the way, welcome. This is episode number 57 of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. I am your host, Audie Elmore. That call was Tommy Thrall, Jeff Brantley on the Reds radio network, the final out of the Reds' win over the Minnesota Twins on Sunday Playoff baseball is here. Playoff baseball is here. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the NFL. Week three is in the books. We'll go three and out. My three biggest takeaways from that. We'll also talk about the NBA Finals. They are set. I was wrong in that prediction, a prediction I talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, I've never been a big prediction guy. I don't like to make predictions. I think it's kind of silly because nobody ever actually knows what's going to happen. It's like when people ask you about fantasy football advice. I don't freaking know. I don't care about your team. You don't care about my team. Why are we doing this? And it's like it's every week in fantasy football is like playing the lottery. It's just a pointless conversation to have. So, you know, we'll talk about the NBA Finals a little bit. And just because, I guess, because I have the podcast and people seem to care, I'll give you a prediction just because I almost feel, uh, I feel needed, I feel moved to do that. Uh, but first, let me tell you really quick, and you know it already, you know the spiel, the Thrive Fantasy app. Go download it. There's going to be thousands and thousands of dollars worth of guaranteed money coming your way in week four of the NFL that you can play. Download the Thrive Fantasy app. Create an account. Use the promo code Audi when you sign up. A-U-T-Y, by the way. Audi when you sign up. Da- deposit $20, and uh, they will match any deposit over $20 um, instantly and give you some free money to play with. For the NFL over the weekend, there's also Counter-Strike, there's uh, NBA, there's uh, USL, there's all sorts of different sports golf that you can uh, that you can put some money down on with the Thrive Fantasy app. So download the Thrive Fantasy app, use promo code Audi, and uh, 
put some money down today. So the Reds did it. They they won five straight series, and this town in Cincinnati, it, it doesn't really matter how good the Bengals are doing. It doesn't matter how good UC basketball is doing. It doesn't matter about Xavier or whatever it may be. And God forbid the Cincinnati Cyclones and FC Cincinnati is continuing to be an afterthought even after their meteoric rise at the start of their franchise. But no matter what, this city will always be a baseball city. And when the Reds are good, this city is so much fun. I've lived down here for, um, I guess, technically on and off almost five years now. Since I, I went to college here, so I count that for two years plus the three years I've been here since. So <laughs> the... I haven't experienced that much winning baseball, but I know how it is when they're even remotely competitive. I know how it is when they're not even remotely competitive and still they rule the roost. This is a baseball town. It always has been, and it always will be the birthplace of professional baseball. The Reds won five straight series, including three of them against playoff teams, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Minnesota Twins, the Chicago White Sox. They're just they're doing incredible. They they just did everything they needed to do, and now there's an excitement and a fervor around this city about this team because you know you always hear people talk about teams getting quote unquote hot at the right time or peaking at the right time. Now you look down the Reds lineup and you look at the batting averages, and it'd be hard to say that any of those guys are peaking, but they're hitting better than they were for the majority of the season. And they have had to be in basically playoff mode the last three weeks. And what did they do? They won five straight series. So if any team is as prepared, if any team is super prepared for this situation, for the playoffs, for the postseason, it's the Cincinnati Reds. You always said, and you heard the media talk about it nationally and locally, all I want to do is get in because if you get the three, if you, if you get in, if you're the Reds and you get those three starting pitchers, you've got a chance in every series. And that's a fact. And that is what is happening and how it's lining up for Cincinnati. Now, if you're living under a rock and you don't care much about baseball, first of all, I'm sorry because baseball is a great sport. Second of all, the Reds play the Atlanta Braves. That game is on Wednesday, October, or excuse me, September 30th at noon. All right. Now that now Wednesday, September 30th is when the majority of you will be listening to this podcast. And there will be others of you that will listen to it after the fact. There will be some that listen to it on the 29th. Bet you didn't know I sneak it in there real late at night on the 29th. But there are going to be some of you that listen to this before and some of you that listen to this after. But Trevor Bauer is going in game one for Cincinnati at noon on Wednesday. He's going to be going up against Max Fried, Atlanta's ace as well. Two Cy Young candidates. I think Trevor Bauer has the Cy Young lock and key. The way he has pitched the last week, two weeks of the season for the Reds, there's nobody even touching him in the National League. He's going to win the Cy Young Award. I feel that confidently. I don't think that the playoffs will have that much to do with it. But if he does pitch well in the playoffs, that just go ahead and that furthers his case. Um, I'm sure there's some people in, in Major League Baseball that will be miffed that they'll give that award to him. 
because of how critical he is of the league and specifically how critical he is of the league's front office. But, you know, tough stuff. He's the best pitcher in the National League this year. You know, I went it's, – it's Tuesday when I'm recording this, as, you, as many of you know. I went to seven stores today. I told myself – I don't think I talked about this on the podcast, but I told myself if the Reds make the playoffs, I will go buy a Trevor Bauer shirt. You know, there's just little shirts that have the, the Reds logo on the chest, and then it's got Bauer 27 on the back, like the name and number, kind of like a jersey. But it's just a basic T-shirt, simple thing. You wear with a bunch of stuff. I told myself, listen, if the Reds – about two weeks ago, if the Reds actually pull this off, I'll go get a Bauer t-shirt because this kid is insane. He's super fun to follow. He's super fun to to follow along with on YouTube as well. His vlogs are amazing. If he's going to win this Cy Young, I want to remember this as one of my favorite players. I don't do this ever. I never do this, especially with players, because players come and go, especially a player like Bauer who's not guaranteed to be here next year. But I said to myself, I want to go get this jersey or this this shirt because I want to remember this, this season with Trevor Bauer, and he's – He's got a fan in me for the rest of my life, for the rest of his career. And so, what do you know? I went to seven stores on Tuesday trying to find a Bauer t-shirt. Only one had them, and they weren't in my size. Nowhere to be found elsewhere. Now, is part of that on me? Yes, absolutely. But, you know, whatever. So hopefully I'll get that soon. I'm going to get it no matter what because, you know, it's just an insane season that the guy's having. So he goes in game one. That's Wednesday at noon against Atlanta in Atlanta. Now, this is where it gets interesting for baseball is the wild card rounds are all being played at the higher seeds home ballpark. After that, when you get into the National League Division Series, the National League Championship Series, the World Series, and, of course, the same thing on the American League side, those will be played in a bubble, a quote-unquote playoff bubble. Now, they're in a playoff bubble now. But that will be an, an even more layered playoff bubble. So the National League teams will play in Texas. The American League teams will play in California. And the World Series will be played at Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas, um, after that. So that's going to be relatively interesting to see how that works out. It sucks the Reds don't get to play at home for at least one of their playoff games, being the lower seed. But, hey, you're in the playoffs. You have an opportunity. And uh, you got to have that you against the world, us against the world mentality. So. The question is, are they hot at the right time? Maybe they are. Uh, maybe they are. Uh, you've got a bunch of young guys that don't know any better. There's like one guy on this team, and that's Joey Votto from the previous team of a failure in the 2012-2013 seasons. And Trevor Bauer understands a little bit about success. He pitched in a World Series with the Cleveland Indians. You've got Nicholas Castellanos, who has played in, in postseason baseball before. You have Mike Moustakis, who... Uh, was a hero in the World Series for the Kansas City Royals a few years back. So you've got a a wonderful mix of young guys that just haven't been there and a great mix of guys who have that are going to give you the opportunity and the experience uh, for this situation. I think the Reds do have it in them to make a run. I don't know what they're going to do. Baseball is so unpredictable. I don't, I don't trust, uh, I don't trust like, you know, making a prediction or anything like that, obviously, but I do know that it's going to be really, really interesting. Let's take a look at the postseason bracket, starting with the American League. The number one seed in the American League are the Tampa Bay Rays. They take on the Toronto Blue Jays, who are the eighth seed. The number two seed are the Oakland Athletics. They play the Chicago White Sox, who are the seventh seed. The number three seed are the Minnesota Twins, who take on the Houston Astros. They are the sixth seed. 
The number four seed is the Cleveland Indians. They take on the New York Yankees, who are the fifth seed. So currently, as I'm recording this on Tuesday, three of those games have been played, or three of those games are being played. The first one, the Minnesota Twins and the Houston Astros. The Astros won that game 4-1. to one. They lead the series one game to none. The Chicago White Sox beat the Oakland A's 4-1, to one, same score as the other game. They lead that series one game to none. Toronto and Tampa Bay just underway. They're in the bottom of the fourth, and Tampa leads that one to nothing, I'm assuming. Toronto, well, Tampa is the favorite in that series, but Toronto has a really good offense. We'll see what happens. And then the Yankees and the Indians play at 7 o'clock tonight. Like I said, on Wednesday, the Reds will lead things off. They are in Atlanta to take on the Braves. But let's take a look at the National League side of the bracket. The number one seed in the National League, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they take on the eight-seeded Milwaukee Brewers. The number two seed are the Atlanta Braves, and they take on the seven-seeded Reds. The three seed are the Chicago Cubs. They take on the surprise of baseball, the six-seeded Miami Marlins. Yes, I said that correctly, the Miami Marlins. The fourth seed are the San Diego Padres. You may affectionately, affectionately refer to them as the Slam Diego Padres with all the grand slams they've hit in this 60-game season, and they take on the fifth-seeded St. Louis Cardinals. So let's take a look at uh, the postseason schedule for Wednesday, September 30th. Like I said, the Reds and the Braves at noon. Game 2 of Houston and Minnesota is at 108. Miami and Chicago, Game 1, 208. White Sox A's, Game 2, 310. Blue Jays raised game two four oh seven. Cardinals at Padres game one five oh eight. Yankees at Indians game two seven oh eight. And Dodgers host the Brewers game one at ten oh eight. Those games on ESPN, ESPN two, ABC, TBS, etc., etc. So the NBA, the NFL playoffs are underway, and uh, I am really, really excited about it. And uh, I, you know, this is the first time and. Good God Almighty, uh, since 2013, the first time since 2015, uh, specifically since January 9th, 2016, that a team of mine has been in the playoffs. And uh, I'm excited. I forgot this excitement. I forgot this. And it's it's weird because it, it wasn't expected. You know, generally in the past you've known, okay, this team's going to make the playoffs, so we just got to get to the playoffs. Before, there was this level of excitement. When you're like, oh, oh God, uh, you know, now you're like, oh, are they going to actually make the playoffs? They boom, boom, they do, they did. All right, excellent. Now what? Do, now what do we do? And uh, that's been exciting to see. Switching gears quickly, and before we do that, if you don't already, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Audielmore, A U T Y E L M O R E. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate the Ball Don't Lie podcast five stars in the little search box. Search Ball Don't Lie. Tap on it. Scroll all the way to the bottom. Five stars. Appreciate it. Helps me out a lot. The NBA Finals are set. I picked this, the Boston Celtics to come out of the East, and they nearly did. Except they ran into a buzzsaw of a really good team of the Miami Heat, who just seemed to put everything together. Just insane performances by Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero down the stretch. Bam Adebayo has been so fun to watch inside the painted area for Miami. Goran Dragic is an interesting guy, the catalyst of that Miami offense. Say what you want about Butler and Hero, but Goran Dragic, you know, sneaky good right there. 
and they just seem to just they just found ways to win. And Eric Spolstra is awesome. Uh, what a good coach. Going through what he went through with Wade, LeBron, and Bosh as a very, very young head coach and doing what he did, and now to still be in Miami and still put together competitive teams each and every year and just finding ways to win is, uh, is really, really impressive. He's one of my favorite coaches in the NBA. Just a stand-up dude who knows a lot of basketball, worked his way up from the video coordinator of the Miami Heat as just a kid and now the head coach who's taken him back to another NBA Finals. Very impressive Eric Spolster is and uh, has been over the course of his career. But the problem is you're going up against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers who finished off the Denver Nuggets. And LeBron going to his 10th NBA Finals, which is just absolutely unheard of. It's very Tom Brady-like in the way that he has gotten here in these different situations. Um, well, the, the different situations is not Brady-like, but the fact that he's here and he's competitive and all these things is just unbelievable and a, a true testament to LeBron and to LeBron's greatness. Um, what to expect from this series? I think when you look at both of them, I think when you, you look at, at a team chemistry and an actual team, a team, I think Miami is a better team. That doesn't mean they have better players. I mean, it's hard to beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but I think Miami plays better as a team. And we've seen the Lakers struggle offensively in the past, especially in that half-court half offense. You know, the Lakers are at their best when they are running and gunning and getting out in transition. They seem to stall at times uh, quite often, actually, when they run that half-court offense. So the big key for Los Angeles will be not only – the performance of those two stars in LeBron and Anthony Davis, but also Rajon Rondo. Rondo is the catalyst for the Lakers in many ways that Goran Dragic is for the Miami Heat. And Rondo is experienced. He's an NBA champion. He's played in a lot of different situations. He's not phased by anything. He's developed a better jump shot than maybe he ever has in his career. Uh, and you pair that along as a true point guard alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis, and that's those three things are hard to defend. And then, you know, you look at, at the matchup inside with Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo, that's really interesting. I don't know if Jimmy Butler can check LeBron James. I don't even know if they'll put Butler on LeBron James. I don't know who they're going to have guarding LeBron. But whatever it may be, all things put together, you put all the ingredients in the bowl and shake it up, you're looking at a 6-7 game series if you're me. And that's how I see it. And, you know, it very well could be a sweep one way or the other. I feel like it's either a sweep from one side or the other, or it's a six to seven game series. And I think I'm going to give the edge to the Lakers based simply because of LeBron. And one other thing that I find interesting in the times they've played the Miami heat this year, Anthony Davis is dominating. He's averaging something like 30 and 10 a game against the heat and has just bullied Bam Adebayo down low. So I think that's going to be something interesting to watch. Also, the amount of Kentucky players in this NBA Finals is absurd. Rajon Rondo, Tyler Hero, uh, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, uh, Frank Vogel, the Lakers head coach. There's like two other Laker or two other Kentucky Wildcats. Like between the other, it's just insane the amount of uh, UK Wildcats in this uh, NBA Finals. But I think it goes six or seven. I think the Lakers win, and I think the NBA Finals MVP is Anthony Davis, and that's not a shot at LeBron. I just think if he can do what he's done already against the Miami Heat this year, uh, it'd be hard not to give him the NBA Finals MVP.
All right, that wraps things up for the first part of this podcast. And holy cow, I uh, podcast. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I rambled for almost 21 minutes in that first segment, so I hope you enjoyed that. When we come back, the meat and potatoes of the show, which many of you are uh, here for, which is the NFL. The National Football League Week 3 underway. Some bad news in the NFL following Week 3 that came out on Tuesday. We'll talk about all that and more when we get back on the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Welcome back to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. I am your host, Audie Elmore. You hear the music. That means it is time for three and out. My three biggest takeaways, takeaways, three biggest takeaways from week three in the NFL. It was a pretty competitive, good week three in the NFL. Entertaining. Had a couple good uh, primetime games. Miami and Jacksonville was sneaky good entertaining. You had the Ravens and the Chiefs on Monday night football. You had Saints Packers as your Sunday night game. I mean, it's hard to beat. Those, you know, those are some good, I mean, Miami and Jacksonville, I'm not going crazy about that game, but what I am saying is that, you know, we had a good, uh, a good week. You know, I am going to talk about college football as well. I didn't say that earlier, but I, I'm going to talk about college football, but let's talk three and out my three biggest takeaways and we'll recap week three. Then we'll get to college football and I'll get you out of here. Week three of the NFL first down, and this has kept me up. Joe Burrow is going to die out there if this continues. He took a shot from Malik Jackson on Sunday against Philadelphia that I, I'm surprised he got up. As hard as he got hit, and it was a late hit, there was no need for the hit at all, um, but as hard as he got hit, and, and the way that his, his neck seemed to stretch and separate from the rest of his body, and his head whipped back as he fell to the ground. I was holding my breath as as Joe Burrow lay there, and I just don't know how. I I just it just it blows my mind that they that that this continues that the Bengals can't find a way to protect him. The Bengals tied the Eagles, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's uh you know they didn't lose, so we're happy about that. But. Uh, oh my gosh. It's just, Joe Burrow has been knocked down, hit. He's on pace right now to be sacked 75 times. 75 times. You know the all-time NFL record for sacks in a season? 76. David Carr. And you know who sacked, who was the culprit behind that was his terrible offensive line for an expansion franchise in 2002. Their first year ever. A bunch of expansion guys and a couple, you know, veterans here and there and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. A team that had never played an NFL game before played 16 of them and gave up 76 sacks. And you got Joe Burrow currently on pace for 75. David Carr's career didn't go very well. Now, now Joe Burrow's not coming out of here from Fresno State like David Carr was, but good God almighty, you can't have him getting laid out like that. What are we doing? Second down. How about those Chiefs? My boy Big Red, Andy Reid, getting after it once again. Monday night football was just a master class in offense. And it feels like I say that every time the Chiefs play. Patrick Mahomes is incredible. He is just unbelievable. Single-handedly beat me in fantasy in two games this week. You don't care about my fantasy team. 
But I wasn't even mad about it. I was like, the guy's incredible. I'm having so much fun watching him play football. Hitting Miko Hardman deep, Tyreek Hill deep, Sammy Watkins on a cross route, Anthony Sherman on a shovel pass, throwing to Travis Kelsey in the corner of an end zone. I mean, what can't this guy do? Oh, by the way, they're still running the football well with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Defense made life hell for Lamar Jackson for a short period of time, which Lamar Jackson's a question mark coming up because the Ravens can't play from behind. They came out opening drive, ran the football down Kansas City's throat, you thought, oh, Kansas City's in for a long night if Baltimore's going to run the football like this. Mm-mm. That drive stalled out. Kansas City got a stop they needed, and it was all gas, no brakes from here on out, and Baltimore couldn't keep up. I love seeing it. I, I enjoy watching Baltimore lose. So the Chiefs, you know, you talk about the Seahawks who are 3-0. and That's fine. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I still believe in that. People are starting to say the Patriots are still the class of the AFC. No. It's not them. It's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not the Baltimore Ravens. It's sure as hell not the Indianapolis Colts. It's not the Cleveland Browns, who are 2-1 and one and over 500 for the first time since Johnny Manziel was quarterback, if you believe that. God, they're bad. Anyways, it's none of those other teams. It's not the Tennessee Titans either. It's still the Kansas City Chiefs, and it seems to be a pretty, pretty comfortable uh, margin there between the Kansas City Chiefs and everyone else in the AFC. Third down, there is one team in the AFC I've got my eye on, though. And I believe in them, even if no one else does. And that's the Buffalo Bills, and I believe in them because of Josh Allen, who put up another 300-plus yards and was looking every bit the part of an MVP candidate in Week 3 against the Los Angeles Rams in Buffalo. Now, he struggled in the second half. He's aggressive. He fumbles the football a little bit too much. And uh, he does like to push the envelope with some of his passes. But Josh Allen is the heart and soul of that Buffalo Bill football team. And where he goes, they go. And they have had no problem putting the game on his shoulders, putting the team on his back, and leading them through some victories over the past couple of years. The Bills are 3-0. and And I think they're 3-0, and are they? Did I get that wrong? Or Yeah, they're 3-0. and New England kind of breathing down their neck in an unexpected fashion, but I I don't have any problem with, with my pick that the Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC East. And Josh Allen's going to be a big reason because of it, a big reason for it. It's very impressive from Josh Allen uh, over the past of the first, over the, what am I trying to say? Over the course of the last few weeks, Josh Allen is very fun to watch. Love watching him run the football. Love watching him throw it. And uh, the Bills, sneaky good team. All right, I'm out. That's three and out. Thank you very much. Would love to have a sponsor for that. Skyline Chili hit me up. Let's recap week three in the National Football League. And uh, like I said, it was entertaining. We had some good ones. And I think we're going to, we're kind of starting to make the short list of coaches that are going to get fired. And uh, one of them is, (laughs) oh boy. Uh, let's start with the Thursday night game, though. The Dolphins beat the Jaguars 31-13. to I said that game was entertaining. It was, but the score does not indicate it. That's the, However, listen to this. This is a crazy stat. The Dolphins, that is the first win they've had by 10 or more points since week 13 of 2017. You talk about a, a close football game every week, especially every time they win. The Miami Dolphins the last three years. The Bears and the Falcons. Chicago comes back from down double digits to beat the Falcons. Chicago goes to 3-0 and 
It happened with Nick Foles. Mitchell Trubisky got benched. Nick Foles comes in later in the week after the win. Matt Nagy <laughs> says Nick Foles is going to be our starter, so that whole Mitchell Trubisky thing didn't last very long. And the Falcons, by the way, blew a double-digit lead for the second consecutive week in the fourth quarter and lost, and they're 0-3. Talk about a coach that's going to get fired soon. Probably not during the season because I think Arthur Blank is a man of class, but I don't see how Dan Quinn comes back to Atlanta next year. Rams and Bills talked about it a little bit. Buffalo wins this one 35-32. It was like 21-3 at one point in the first half. Buffalo to 3-0, the Rams to 2-1. Josh Allen, 300-plus passing yards in three straight games. The Browns over the Washington football team, 34-20. Cleveland, like I said, is 2-1. They've scored 30 or more points in two straight games for the first time since 2010. And I'll tell you what, they did it in in no small part to Dwayne Haskins, who had one of the worst days a quarterback can have in the National Football League. People were calling for Alex Smith to go take the field because Haskins just couldn't seem to do anything right. Throwing interceptions left and right, fumbling the football. If there was a coherent quarterback play by Washington on Sunday, the Browns have a run for their money. But Dwayne Haskins just didn't have it on Sunday. Cleveland 34, football team 20. There go to 1-2, and two, Cleveland to 2-1. Titans and Vikings, the Vikings had led most of this game and seemed to be in control, and then and then they just they just floundered. And this is a, another coach whose seat is starting to get a little bit warm, and that's Mike Zimmer, who I love, and I have said time and time again, I love Mike Zimmer. They just don't have – they just don't seem to have a very good football team right now. Tennessee gets the win 31-30. to they go to 3-0, and Minnesota to 0-3. More from this game later in bad news for the NFL. Raiders and Patriots. Patriots shut down that Raider offense. They win 36-20. Rex Burkhead, former Bengal, had three scrimmage touchdowns, a career high. The 49ers JV team beat the New York Giants real NFL team 36-9. The Giants go to 0-3. The Niners to 2-1. Jarek McKinnon from San Francisco had a uh, scrimmage touchdown. He's uh, had one in three straight games, so good for him. Bengals and the Eagles, a 23-23 tie. They both go to 0-2-1. Carson Wentz has thrown two interceptions in three straight games. He threw two of them on Sunday, one to rookie linebacker Logan Wilson, and the other one, I'm blanking, I'm blanking, I'm blanking. I can't remember who intercepted the other one. LaShawn Sims. LaShawn Sims picked off the other one. Texans and Steelers. Steelers win this one 28-21. Texans just going through that gauntlet of a schedule to start their season. They're now the favorites to sign Earl Thomas sometime in the next couple of days. Pittsburgh goes to 3-0 and the first time they've done that since 2010. By the way, they went to the Super Bowl that year. The Jets and the Colts. Colts win this one 36-7. New York is terrible. Adam Gase is – there's no way that guy's the head coach of the Jets next year. And I feel bad for Sam Darnold because I do think Sam Darnold is a legitimate quarterback in the NFL – I don't think that he's performing at a legitimate level or he's being helped and he's in a just a godforsaken organization. Colts are 2-1. Phillip Rivers, the sixth quarterback in NFL history with 400 or more passing touchdowns. He continues to rewrite the record books uh, as he moves up. Panthers and the Chargers at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The Chargers, I don't think, are a good football team. They continue to prove it, this time with Justin Herbert. At quarterback, Carolina wins it one to uh, <laughs> Carolina wins it twenty-one to sixteen. They're one and two on the season. Both these teams are, and for Carolina, how bad have they been? That's their first win since Week Nine of two thousand and nineteen. Yikes! Here's your surprise game of the day, though: the Detroit Lions out west to take on the Arizona Cardinals, who look like 
every bit the part of a contending football team, but you got to remember they're young and they're still a year or two away with a second-year quarterback. Arizona falls to the Detroit Lions 26-23, Detroit 1-2, and two, the, Lions, the Cardinals now 2-1. and one. Matt Prater with a game-winning 39-yard field goal as time expired for Detroit. Out in Denver, Tom Brady led the Buccaneers over the Broncos 28-10. Tampa goes to 2-1, and one, the Broncos 0-3. Mike Evans, two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns. Deuces wild for Mike Evans. Cowboys-Seahawks, game of the day, but it was a sloppy game of the day. There were holding penalties, there were fumbles, there were interceptions, there were just blocks in the back. There's just two. It, it looked like two teams that hadn't played very much football. Seattle wins it 38-31. to they are 3-0. The Cowboys fall to 1-2. Russell Wilson, 14 passing touchdowns in the first three weeks. That is an NFL record. Get down to your Sunday night game. The Packers over the Saints, 37-30. The Packers are a quiet 3-0, just like Aaron Rodgers likes it. The Saints continue to struggle without Michael Thomas and struggling on that offensive line protecting Drew Brees. He doesn't look confident right now. The Saints are 1-2. Green Bay, their first win on the road against New Orleans since 1995. For context, that's the year I was born. Chiefs-Ravens Monday Night Football. Chiefs 34, Ravens 20. Pat Mahomes, fastest quarterback in NFL history with 10,000 or more pass yards in his career. Very, very impressive from Pat Mahomes. Good week, good slate of games for next week as well as uh, as we get ready for week four in the NFL. And so there is one thing you got to know about week four in the NFL and that is that there are some questions about whether or not there's going to be a game or two because the Tennessee Titans had three players and five personnel test positive for COVID-19 on Monday. They played the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. So the NFL and the Tennessee Titans have made the decision they're going to shut their facility down until Saturday. They still plan on playing the game on Sunday. Here's what's going on. The Minnesota Vikings had zero positives after their game, but like I said, the Titans, who they played, had three. Tennessee plays Pittsburgh this weekend. All right. The NFL set up the schedule so that a lot of teams have the same bye week. They did it for situations just like this. Let's say, for whatever reason, that they have to cancel, and obviously you know the reason, but let's say that they end up having to cancel this game. All right. So what would you then do to make it up? Well, the Ravens and the Steelers have the same bye week. So what you would do is, uh, and the Titans are also, I believe, on both of their schedules. So what you would do then is you would, if, if I remember this correctly, I'm trying to remember it, but basically you make this a bye week for the Steelers and the Titans. Then you move the Steelers and Titans game to week eight, all right, when what was that was supposed to be a bye for the Steelers. And then you move up the Ravens bye week to weeks, and then you <laughs> – let me look up the tweet. I, had, I thought I had this memorized earlier. I really did, but apparently I don't. I have the tweet. I have the tweet. Hold on. I have the tweet. Uh, all right, so Tennessee and Pittsburgh go immediately into a bye week, and then they move Pittsburgh and Baltimore to week eight, which both those teams have a bye, and then move Tennessee and Baltimore to week seven because Tennessee currently has a week seven bye. So there's your uh, example right there, and then they would uh, obviously get that going on. So 
there is a, obviously a lot of different scenarios because Tennessee or Minnesota might have to shut it down as well. And so you wonder what's going to happen. I think there's enough contingency plans within the schedule that they'll find a way to work it out. I don't think they have any problem moving things back a couple of weeks. It's the first scare, true scare that the league has had since all this started. And, you know, we're only a day into it. We'll see what the, the latest round of testing and contact tracing says probably on Wednesday or Thursday. They'll all get tested again. But as of now, they're planning on playing that game Sunday, but they're not going to have any practices during the week unless something changes and they're able to get cleared. So everything online uh, over Zoom right now for the Minnesota Vikings and Tennessee Titans. The, the Vikings did it out of abundance of precaution because obviously they played the Titans, but they again had zero test positive. So interesting nugget there nonetheless. We'll see what happens, but I do think that as long as it's self-contained, this is not something that could completely throw a wrench in the uh, completely throw a wrench in the season. So that's that's all I have from the NFL. That's everything I've got. But let me talk really quickly about college football before I uh, I get out of here. And uh, I need to get out of here because good God, I continue to ramble. Um, there were some interesting things that happened over the weekend. Number three, Oklahoma, they lost to unranked Kansas State. LSU falls to an unranked Mississippi State. I think LSU was number six. The defending champs, like, that might be like the first time ever. I saw a crazy stat. Like, the first time ever the defending champion has lost their home op- or their opener the following season. And they lost it to Mississippi State, who hired Mike Leach, who famously runs the air raid offense and has – he absolutely has the ability to totally take over the SEC, which is packed and stacked with coaches now. Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, Mike Leach, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to be really interesting. But LSU falls. Uh, the latest rankings, the top five, Clemson number one, Alabama two, Florida three. They had a win over Ole Miss that uh, was very impressive for Florida. Georgia is four, Notre Dame is five, and Ohio State is six. We're now less than a month away from Ohio State football uh, opening the season, I believe, against Nebraska. Notre Dame, interesting at five. They've had 18 positive COVID tests. They canceled their game this past weekend. They don't know when they're going to play again as it currently stands. So that's pretty ugly for Notre Dame. And you wonder about this when, especially, it comes to the college football playoff. Number one, you worry about games. You wonder about games like Oklahoma losing to Kansas State and LSU losing to Mississippi State. Now, Kansas State and Mississippi State, by the end of the season, we very well may find out that those are a lot better football teams than we expected coming into the season. That's fine. But if they're not, then you wonder, is the committee going to be more forgiving, given all the, all the you know, taking into consideration all the things that have gone down over the pa- course of the past several months, not being able to play an out-of-conference schedule, using those as your preseason games, and all the things that have happened, what is I'm really going to be interested to see what the main criteria is for the college football playoff committee when it comes to choosing the final four teams. I think eye test is going to be a huge, huge part of it for them, maybe more than ever before. We've seen that it plays a role in the past because it's the reason Ohio State got in in a couple of years. So you wonder about it. I'm really not sure where they go from here. I still have my doubts about the season because you see something like Notre Dame. I mean, holy cow. 
if that were to happen to an Alabama and Oklahoma and Ohio State, so on and so forth, it would just be a mess. But the problem is the sheer volume of college football. The the beat goes on without you. And the, the ACC can continue just fine. The Big Ten could continue just fine. The SEC could continue just fine. And so you just wonder about all. Oklahoma, by the way, has a bunch of guys that are positive at the moment. And that's probably played a role into why they lost the football game. So it's going to be really interesting to see how college football plays out. But I do enjoy, as I always do, college college game day on Saturday mornings. It is a sense of normalcy. I love that. And uh, I do love it, just enjoying college football again and uh, sitting back and watching a couple of games. The NFL is my baby. It always has been. It always will be. But, uh, boy, am I excited to watch some competent football on Saturdays as well. So that basically does it for me. This has been episode number 57 of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. I do appreciate you being around. I appreciate you listening. Um, share this podcast, you know, share this with somebody, you know, look and say, Hey, listen, I have this friend. I listen to this guy. I know this dude and he records a podcast. It's called ball. Don't lie. And occasionally he makes a coherent point, And sometimes I enjoy listening to him talk. Feel free to say those things to people, you know, and spread the podcast and let's get this thing going. Download thrive, use promo code Audi, deposit 20 bucks or more. They'll match it instantly. All right. Remember, you'll see it a lot. I know you'll see it a lot this weekend, especially in the NFL and big time in baseball, the baseball playoffs. <laughs> Ball don't lie. In the meantime, have fun. Be safe. Go Bucks. <laughs>